The road to success is really a straight line. It's full of twists and turns, detours, redirections, hills and valleys. So join us on the path to success as we explore people's personal journeys. Come be encouraged, informed, and empowered to reach your dreams. Hi, thank you for joining the Path to Success podcast. I'm excited today about our guest for the podcast. Our guest is Mr. Carl Howard, and we're going to see his journey and be encouraged and motivated by his journey, which is from the NFL to an IT leadership manager to an entrepreneur running his own business. Carl, welcome to the podcast today. Hello, Boris. Hello, everyone that's out there. Good evening. So, Carl, I, I want to I take you back uh, to your collegiate years, and, and with open disclosure, Carl and I played football together at Rutgers University. So he's actually on the program because all those years he used to beat me up. He was older than me. He was on the defensive. <laughs> I said, Carl, you owe me. You got to come on my podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Carl, I you know, just want to go back. Again, you were a year or two ahead of me at Rutgers University. But my understanding is that you didn't come on as a scholarship athlete, you were a walk-on. Tell me, tell me about that story. Tell me how that happened. Hey, Boris, it's, it's really um, interesting how it all panned out for me. Uh, I was a walk-on at Rutgers. I went to Rutgers just to go to school, get a degree, and, and get a job. And during um, a game, I went to a college football game. It was Rutgers against Army at Giant Stadium at the time. I'm in the stands. And I'm looking at the team going, oh, man, I could play for these guys. I got to get a shot. So I walked. So the following day or two days later, I went to the uh, Rutgers uh, football office. And they had a sign up on, um, it was either in the newspaper or they had a sign up that they had tryouts for walk-ons. I said, okay, I'll try out. I tried out for the team. And they said, whoever makes the team, their name would be on a list in the office. I go there the next day to look for my name and they had no names on the list. I was shocked. I was like, me, I didn't make it. So I, I went into the, into the football office and I spoke to the secretary and said, hey, my name's not on the list. I, I, I believe I can help you guys out. And she said, let me go talk to coach. So she went into coach Cottrell's office. I went in to speak to coach Cottrell and I mentioned to him when I was in the sixth grade you spoke at my Pop Warner banquet. And he basically looked at me all crazy. And I'm like, yes, you did. Is it possible that I could try out for the team? And he said, did you go to the tryout? I said, no, my name's not on the list. I mean, I did go to the tryout, but my name's not on the list. He said, okay, I'll tell you what we do. Let's go outside. I want you to run a 40, 40 yard dash. I said, okay. I had my uh, sneakers already on and I had some shorts, a sweatsuit on, some yeah. shorts underneath because I was probably working out. And I said, okay, I'll do it. I went outside, ran a 40 yard dash and 4240. And they all said, now, now, oh, my, oh my God. 42 is Deion Sanders' prime time fast, right? <laughs> right. So Earl Mosley, um, that measured the 40 yard dash, because this was, remember, this was in a driveway. Of oh my goodness. <laughs> no track, no field. No, no, not grass. So they measured it, Boris, and realized it was off. It was off by like two, three yards. 
<laughs> so I had to run the 40 again. I ran it like a 445. And they right. said, that's pretty fast. I tell you what, come in tomorrow and pick up your uniform. And that's how I got right. it. And then? So now, how do you get to scholarship? I mean, how did that happen? Year one, year two, what, what happened there? Yeah, the, the first year I was there, they, uh, they said, listen, we don't have a scholarship for you, but you are in a team as a walk-on. And I was last string cornerback, which is the defensive okay. back side. So I, um, after two, three weeks of practice, they moved me from last to second string. And two weeks later, I called my mom and said, we don't no longer need a student loan. You no longer need to pay for college. And I got a full scholarship. So I, I wow. thank the Lord every day for that. <laughs> wow. And you know, it's something, because the whole thing is about path to success. And I hadn't really thought about this. So the coach you talked about, Ted Cottrell, He's actually a professional NFL coach in the NFL right now. No, he was. He was a defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills during their Super Bowl days. He's now retired in Atlanta. But uh, He's okay. Right. But I, I could not take that a no. I don't believe in listening to no's. I'm allergic to no's. I crush no's. <laughs> I like that. And, and I'm assuming we'll see that that theme, Riley, kind of throughout. So your career. So now we're, you're at Rutgers. You have a fantastic career at Rutgers. And then you make it to the NFL. So at the NFL, were you drafted, free agent? Tell us about that move to the NFL now. Yeah, that, that's another winding road that I just did not quit. And I just had some belief that if I wanted to play professional football, I had to had to sacrifice. So one of the things that happened during my collegiate last year at Rutgers, I had a bunch of college scouts come see me and I had a bunch of pro, pro days. And all of them said that I was gonna get drafted. And as you know, I did not get drafted. And what happens from there is basically a bidding thing for free agents. So what happens, Denver had about 20 teams who offered me a free agent contract. But what I did was I said, you know what? This football thing is not going to last long. Let me just get the highest signing bonus. Dallas Cowboys, Tom Landry's gave me a, a, a nice signing bonus. And I said, I'll take this money, put this little money in the bank. And when they cut me, I can just go on and continue about my life. However, I made the team and the rest is history. Wow. So that's something else. I mean, you just say, hey, it, I, I'm ready to launch my career. I'll take the signing bonus. But, you know, the hard work, the diligence, you know, the skill was there. So you make the team. Yeah, I, I will I will say this, Boris. Um, one of the things that I, I've learned is that you really have to be persistent. You have to have the confidence. And you really got, when it comes to anything you really want, you really have to work hard. I mean, I was up four or five in the morning working out. I would work out before practice sometimes and my own teammates at Rutgers didn't know I was doing. There's some things that I just, I would just do on my own. So, um, and at the same time, a few, few days, I was working at the UPS trying to make some extra money from 12 midnight to five in the morning. So it was a lot, wow. of, a lot of things people didn't know what I was doing in college, but those some of the sacrifices I made when I was at co in college. And, and, and it paid off. It paid off. Now, how long were you in the NFL? So the NFL for seven seasons. I played my first year with Dallas Cowboys. 
Um, the following year, I, um, well, I could tell you a quick story about the Dallas Cowboys and how professional football is. The reality of professional football is it's really a, a tough thing to do. And they call it NFL and it's called not for long, but that's what NFL stands for. So one, so one of the things I learned very early when I made my first, the first year I made the Dallas Cowboys, the, uh, I made the team, I called my mom and said, mom, I made the team. She was happy for me. Congratulations, I hung up the phone. My defensive back coach, his name was Gene Stalling, who was the head coach of Alabama, took a national championship. He walked up to me and uh, basically cursed me out. He said, listen here, MF, if you ever let a tight end catch a ball on you again, I'm not gonna fly you back to New Jersey. You're gonna take a bus back to New Jersey. And that's when I realized that NFL was not for long. They don't take mistakes, not mental mistakes. If you make a, a physical mistake there, they're hot at you. So I really, I learned early on that professional football is business. Highly competitive environment, right? And, and, and so it's interesting there. It's you versus somebody else. I mean, people are getting cut, fired, right? Sit back home on the bus. Every day. And then after I got cut, my second year, I, I went to, um, well, I had a few stops. One, I had a cup of coffee in Houston. They, what Houston did was they said, listen, I'll give you some money. Basically, it's $10,000. Stay in a hotel. Don't let anyone know what you're doing. And, um, and, and what they did was they used to hide folks back then. They would hide you to make sure that you didn't get signed by another team. That person that was injured with Houston, uh, Houston Oilers at the time, they became healthy. So they just let me go. I went on to sign at uh, Tampa Bay, got in a bad situation there. Um, and then I followed up with signing with the New York Jets and I played six seasons with the New York Jets. And that was the, the best time when it comes to a football career. That was the best time playing with the New York Jets. And I, I should say Dallas Cowboys, too. That was a lot of fun. So, you know, you know, the perception of the athlete is you're the jock. Um, you know, you're, you're not the student. Um, you know, and a lot of athletes, professional athletes, have a hard time transitioning to, you know, after their athletic career. I mean, ESPN did a whole thing on a called Broke, a, a show on called Broke, where you know, 30, 40% of the athletes are broke seven years afterwards. So here you make this transition from the NFL to IT. And I think that's where we reconnected, me being the software and you being an IT professional. You know, how did you make that jump from, you know, professional athlete to IT professional? Well, Boris, I know I needed my degree. So I had a degree in economics. I knew I needed that because okay. I, I knew that early on that football wasn't going to last forever. However, I had no idea what I was going to do after I, I left the game. But one thing I did know is that I did like technology. I had an Apple II computer when it basically first came out and I was receiving um, periodicals and articles from Steve Jobs at the time. And I was just doing a lot of reading as I was playing professional football. And I just, just really liked um, IT and, and software development. And from there, I went on to take positions with Airborne Express, a professional uh, load planner for their, um, for their airplanes. And I was in charge of the IBM accounts and things like that. And then I, I got a job at uh, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shields. And that really opened my eyes where I started doing Lotus Notes development. I don't know if anyone okay. ever remember Lotus Notes, but I started doing- I remember Lotus Notes. <laughs> I was uh, doing Lotus Notes development. And that really got me into running their data centers 
um, doing projects, uh, huge projects and moving data centers, understanding uh, EDI, uh, I did capacity planning. So I did a lot of things in IT and I learned so much where I said, you know what, I don't wanna work for someone forever. I kind of need to leverage this knowledge I have. And that's when I was working for Horizon, I decided to start an IT staffing company. So that's what I continue to do when I was at Horizon and then when I left Horizon. So, you know, just back to what you were saying about the investments that you were making, waking up early, working out at Rutgers, working a, uh, a night job at UPS while playing. So it sounds like you carry that over to, hey, here you are an IT manager, you know, at Horizons. In the meantime, at the same time, you're running and starting your own firm. I mean, the work demands, you know, uh, uh, the, the effort level investment there. What was yeah, that, that like? Yeah, that was, uh, you know what, what it is? It, it's, you say it's tough, but when you do it, and you finish it, you kind of, it's not tough. It's just every, everyone can do these things. I'm definitely not special. I'm not special. I don't have some special uh, intelligence. I'm not, the, my IQ is not the highest. I'm not, <laughs> I had some physical gifts when I was younger, but I think most of the time I can outwork people. And that's kind of my benefit. And level commitment, level investment. So now here you are, uh, you're running your own staffing firm. And, and, and I remember just, you know, just interacting with you there. I, just hearing that, seeing your business grow, you know, that was, that was exciting to hear. You know, we're all now in this season of COVID. And I'm assuming you're impacted, your business, like so many other businesses, have been, been impacted by COVID. Yeah, it has. Um, it, it was tough when I, I actually moved out to uh, Pittsburgh to support my wife. She was out there two years before I even went out there. So we needed to get back together. Um, I went out to Pittsburgh to, to uh, be with my, with my wife. I had the kids here in New Jersey. She was out in Pittsburgh and we decided to move out, move out to Pittsburgh. And the business really got tough when, when COVID came around. However, now I kind of just, I made a little pivot. And that pivot was to start helping folks who were released from their from their jobs, they lost their jobs, and they might they were, were in customer service, they were frontline workers at restaurants, they were um, in uh, it could be a, a janitorial service. They, they were losing their jobs. I said, well, what can I do? Where can I uh, get a win for those folks? Get a win for me and get a win for society. So what we did was um, we started a company called My Career Forward. And right now we're, spe we're um, doing a training session for folks every weekend to train these folks to get certified in ServiceNow. It's a, it's a cloud platform that's utilized by a lot of companies. And we did research before we made the decision to go with ServiceNow as a, as a tool to learn is that they cannot find, if you Google jobs for ServiceNow admins, it's tons of jobs and they can't be filled. Um, Donald Trump has uh, excluded a lot of the immig immigration with folks coming to the states to take those jobs. So now it, we, there's an IT shortage, or right now in specific technology, a service now shortage on folks who know the platform. And we're trying to fulfill that with these folks who lost their jobs. And you don't have to have a college degree. You just need to be certified in the tool. 
so, you know, you're saying that, you know, one of the impetus for the podcast is uh, a, a recent book that I released called Surviving Layoffs. And, you know, in the book, what we're communicating that change always happens, but in these seasons of change, there's opportunities. And that's exactly what you're just saying. Hey, in this environment where people are losing jobs, uh, you know, the, the economy is being impacted, there are opportunities there for jobs, for businesses, for entrepreneurs, for new businesses. So that, that's just exciting to hear. How's the turnout been, you know, as, as you're doing your training? Yeah, we have, uh, we have 18 students now um, that we go online. We have a trainer in India that uh, trains our folks um, utilizing Zoom. They get homework during the week. They get projects during the week and their class on the weekends. So three hours on um, Saturday and three hours on Sunday. It's a six-week six week course, but it's only on the weekends. But there are assignments that need to be completed. We review this, their assignments during the week to make sure that they're getting the best out of it. They do get, um, they are charged a fee, but it's a minimum fee because a lot of times when folks get free training, they don't take it as serious, yeah. right? So yeah. we had to put a, a fee there. So these folks take the training serious. And what we yeah, do, we once the they get thing. yeah, once they get certified, we have, uh, we're working with organizations such as United Way, Big Brothers, Big Sisters to, um, utilize their boards in the state of New Jersey and all over the country to help find jobs for these folks. So what we do is we get them a job and we kind of make a little margin off that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, I, you know, as we're, as we're talking here, you know, Rutgers University walk on to gaining a scholarship, you know, uh, making it to the NFL in a highly competitive environment and having a six-year career there, segueing to, to IT. And I know when you were when you're at Horizon, you managed and you led teams, running your own businesses. As, as we look through that, that journey, what are some of the, the key things that you would share with our audience that, you know, because ingredients or key components of your, your success and continued success? I think one of the things that I, I always think about is it's, it's confidence. I mean, everyone that you, you are around that are successful, one of the items that you can, or the assets are that they're confident, they're persistent, and they do not take no as a final. They believe that they can, and, and the other part is, which I always say to my kids, and I believe this also, is that you win or you learn. You never win and you lose. You never I like lose. that. I don't. I I haven't seen a loss ever. I learned from my from that loss. So it was a win and a and a learn. I love that. I mean, it, it makes me take you back to. I think it was Thomas Edison when he was, uh, you know, inventing um, <laughs> the light bulb. And each experiment was not a loss or failure. It was a learning that propelled you to your next success. Exactly. Exactly. Folks get fired. It's not a loss. It's not a loss. It's a learn. Wow. Well, hey, this is exciting. This is awesome. You know, for our audience, uh, we also have the Surviving Layoff Community Conversation podcast, and we're going to have Carl and his company on there, you know, just being able to share expertise and information about how to handle change, how to handle 
you know, layoffs, especially in this time of a downsized economy. Carl, I'd like to say thank you for, for, for spending say, time. I'd just, just like to say one more thing to your audience. Yeah, By the way, you. that bars Pendergrass, he could play. That boy, that boy could play. He could run. He could jump. He was a great receiver. Great receiver. <laughs> well, hey, you know, the years of you beating up on me, man, <laughs> it helped propel me. It helped fine-tune my skill set. <laughs> right. And, 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 of course, and, of course, a great human being. He's a great guy. Thank you, man. Thank you. Guys, thank you for joining the podcast. Carl, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. Have a great day.